We all pot down here. I hope I give you the shits, you fucking wimp. Welcome to We All Pod Down Here. I'm Brittany. And I'm Dan. And this week, before we actually get into the movie, I just want to do some quick housekeeping. So last week, obviously, we didn't have an episode, which was because our internet went out on Monday. Yay, lawnmowers. Yeah, apparently someone down the street hacked up the cable. And so we didn't have internet all week. We got it back on Friday, which was fun because I started some training at work. And so I had to deal with trying to do that on a hotspot and... Dealing with that, especially on Monday and Tuesday, I just did not have the spoons to try and fight with a hotspot just to upload the episode. So apologies, but I'm sure Dan felt the same way. We just were rather frustrated all week. Yeah, for sure. We both work at home and that was fun. We survived. Yeah. Yep. We're just a bit behind. Yep. So, and I figured this episode is not the one we were going to do last week, but I decided to just move that one to next week because I'm far too lazy to edit this part into it. So that episode's getting moved, but I figured I could mention for anyone that wants to watch it in advance, the movie we're reviewing is the Korean horror film Midnight. So if you haven't watched it yet, I believe it's streaming, so highly recommend checking that out. For sure. Also this week, I just thought I'd note here that we're going to have Hiroki, our little puppy that looks like a, a wolf here, to assist us. He probably won't make a sound the whole time, but he's hanging out. We'll put a photo of him online. Yeah. He's our assistant, and he's kind of napping on the job right now. Yeah, he's taking a little nappy nap. Now on to this week's show. And if you didn't realize from the opening quote, this week we are reviewing Dog Soldiers from 2002. Quick overview of this movie. It's a military exercise that goes horribly wrong when the team is attacked by werewolves. Yep, that pretty much is the plot. Yep, and for the references, just as usual, it's going to be IMDb and Wikipedia. It wasn't really anything else we looked at for this. And this also is directed by Neil Marshall, who you probably know from The Descent. He was the director for that awful movie as well. I know a lot of people love it, but we are not fans. It feels like just a bunch of people at an underground Walmart. I can understand why it's scary to some people, simply for the fact that being trapped underground is scary. That alone is scary. The monsters did nothing for me. No, I know. I'm just and saying it, that I can understand just the concept of being trapped underground yeah. being scary. I oh, mean, for sure. That's honestly, a very scary concept. As Above, So Below is kind of scary because of that reason. Mm-hmm. I think that movie did that kind of fear far better. Yeah. And he also, this gentleman, directed a couple episodes of Game of Thrones, specifically Blackwater and The Watchers on the Wall. Blackwater is one of the best episodes in the whole series. And that there's the tension and the pacing. The, the, this guy's got some chops. He also did Hellboy as well, the more recent one. So for our cast and crew, what we're going to do is kind of just talk about them as we go through this. For our spoiler-free part of this, we're just going to say this movie's pretty bad. And this spoiler-free portion is going to be pretty short. Yeah, because, I mean, there's also not that much to spoil. I mean, you know up front that this movie's about soldiers in the woods and werewolves are after them. I mean, that's Mm. the basic premise of this movie. So-called covert military operation. They're getting attacked by something. It ends up being werewolves. There was a group in the woods that were doing the secret, like, military operation, and then these were supposed to be, like, a routine training mission. So our main people we're following were the routine training mission but one of the guys is one of the covert ops kind of people. Who's also the same guy who played Sir Davos on Game of Thrones. Yes, so he was wonderful as Sir Davos, but he's kind of a dick in this movie. Oh, he's definitely a dick in this movie, no doubt. Yeah. 
Great actor, though. Give him a lot of credit. Oh, yeah. He it was one of the better acting performances in this movie, I'd say, which is a movie that wasn't really filled with the kind of performances you'd expect. I, mean, I guess it's the kind of performance you would expect out of a cheese ball movie like this. Yeah, and but the thing is, no one was bad. Like, none no. of the act, all the actors actually have been in a lot of, well, most of them, obviously, the people at the very beginning. It starts out with, you know, two campers are out and about, and then they are in their tent, and werewolves eat them. And that's literally the start of this movie. So now, I watched this probably when it for roughly when it first came out because it premiered on the Sci-Fi Channel, which I watched religiously way too young. So it premiered on Sci-Fi. That just well, it was su- it. it was supposed to be in theaters. The director was really mad because I guess the producer or the whoever the executives were handling that basically just took the first offer they got. He thought versus like trying to actually get it to have a theatrical release. They might have done the right thing. Yeah, but the point, I can understand the frustration of them not, probably not even trying and going straight to oh, Sci-Fi yeah. Channel. Yeah, I get it. But, because I think it had a theatrical release in a lot of Europe. But I probably watched this shortly after it came out, which was in 2002, so I was probably somewhere between 11 and 12 when I first watched this movie. So, keep in mind, I watched it a couple times growing up, but probably not since I was, like, probably 14. So... It's been a while since I've seen this movie, and parts of it I remembered slightly differently. Not like a Mandela effect kind of differently, just slightly different memory of what happened. Yeah, it's been a while. This was my first viewing of this flick, so... So, I just want to say, from going back to as a child, though, this movie scared the shit out of me as a kid. I can see why, because there's certain scenes that are just freaky. Yeah, and again, being a young kid watching this... As an adult, this movie doesn't scare me. But as a kid, this movie scared me. And for whatever reason, for the longest time, I was fucking terrified of werewolves. Like, that was my big thing. I was terrified of werewolves and the chupacabra. And so, shortly after this movie comes out, my mom sends me on a camping trip. So this already is, like, going bad for me. That's really, really, really bad timing. Yeah, and the thing is, she, I always watched shit like this, so... That wasn't like she was like, oh, you watched a scary movie, let me send you on a camping trip. It just happened to be the same timing that this camping trip was planned. So this camping trip was kind of like for delinquent kids, I guess, which I was not. But I guess they had a couple spots open. So me and like two other girls on this trip were like the good kids that just got sent on this trip. The quote unquote delinquent girls were all really fucking nice, like zero issues with them. I think they just like got in trouble in school, but they weren't like nasty mean people or anything you know your mom didn't really research this trip did she i have no idea i need to call her and ask her and clarify what was going on with this trip so this trip already i'm a little nervous now keep in mind when i say like roughing it let me just clarify what that means i was in a quote-unquote tent it was really a lean-to with two other girls the girls that were also like the not delinquent girls but this lean-to essentially we had a piece of tarp that was tied to two trees And then tied towards the ground so that if it rained, the water rolled down. Sounds secure. It was. Mine was, at least. Other people's collapsed, but I did good, apparently. And we had a piece of, like, you know that siding they had on houses, that Tyvek siding? Yeah. We had that, and then these, I guess, military sleeping bags, but they were, like, super, super thin. And I think they were, like, some kind of cotton material that was designed. Like a water wicking kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So... And we had, that was it. We had no pillows or anything. Like, that was all we had. And so, thank goodness I had brought my hoodie, so that became my pillow. Was this in the summer? Yes, this was over the summer. And thank this God. was in the Shenandoah Mountains in the summer. So, it's probably still can probably get somewhat chilly. Yeah, and so the last night of this trip, there is a 
fucking massive storm. Like, Of course there is. Yeah, and this is the night, apparently several girls, their lean-tos collapsed. Ours was fine. But I remember looking out into those fucking woods. Again, Shenandoah Mountains, middle of fucking nowhere. And I'm looking into these woods, and I'm just like, this is how it fucking ends. The werewolves are going to come to get me. I think it might have been a full moon. Because of fucking course it would be. And I was just like, this is, this is how it ends for me. And obviously it didn't, but it scared the fuck out of me. So the next story I have referencing this is when I was a little bit older. My dog, Zach, that has sadly passed away a couple years ago, he, for whatever reason, in the middle of the night, woke up howling. But conveniently, this was a full moon, and I just had a nightmare about werewolves attacking me. And I remember waking up and being like, oh, phew. Just a dream. It's fine. There's no werewolves. Everything's good. And all of a sudden, now I'm wide awake at this point. I know I'm awake. This isn't like, you know, still slight dream state. Like, I am full on awake. And I hear... Hidoki just looked at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I hear that, and I'm just like... I remember feeling like my whole body went cold. Oh my god, it's real. I'm really gonna die by a werewolf, and no one's gonna fucking believe it. And so... My poor mother, of course, what do I do? I call my boyfriend at the time. I call him up and I'm like, there's something in my room. I need you to call the house and have my mom come get me. Is there something in my room? So he's freaked out. He actually calls the house, wakes my mom up. This must be like three in the morning on a school night too. So she comes upstairs and I was like, there's a werewolf in the room. And obviously we figured out it was Zach just howling in his sleep. My mom thought this was stupid, ridiculous. I was in trouble, you know. Like a couple years later, he was sleeping near her while she like while I was watching TV, like just at night, and he did it. And she's like, "Oh my god, no wonder that scared the fuck out of you. That is the creepiest thing." <laughs> oh, Noodle. Oh, he was so good. Wonderful, wonderful dog. Oh yes, he was awesome. But yeah, so those are my two stories as to why this movie scared the fuck out of me growing up. As an adult, though, I look back on this, I'm like, this movie is shit, and I don't know why it scared me. And then there's me who has, like, no real, like, werewolf stories or pseudo-delinquent camping trips that... Well, because you were a little more logical child than I was, probably. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know how logical I was at that age, either. Keep in mind, also, I should reference everyone. I grew up in the middle of the woods. Like, we had 15 acres that was almost completely wooded. Yeah. I did not grow up in the woods, really. I mean, there was woods around me, but, like... Well, I remember I used to tell my, even like I found these like within Facebook memories. So this was obviously like I was an adult and I remember I was leaving my mom's house and I was walking to my car and I asked her, I was like, will you watch me walk to my car just to make sure like nothing gets me? Cause it was a decent walk from her house to the car. And I was always freaked out. Something was going to like get me. Like, even if it was like a logical thing that could have been out there, I don't know, like fucking wild dogs or something. Is this the house in Jefferson? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I can see that because the walk from the house to the car was it's dark and not creepy. very well lit. There's a lot of woods. It's very ominous. I just wanted her to watch me leave. And she didn't. And so, of course, this moment I got in my car and decided I was safe, I posted on Facebook. And I'm like, mom wouldn't watch me walk to the car. I just wanted to make sure Chupacabra didn't eat me. But apparently she doesn't care about my safety. Oh, my goodness. And she just, I think, was like, no, I was tired. I'm not going to watch you walk to the car because you think there's Chupacabras in the woods of Maryland. This is almost like the Wolfacabra. In this movie. Yeah, for real. I, I had no prior exposure to this movie. Other than they said, hey, there's this movie called Dog Soldiers. I My immediate thought was like, is there's going to be some sort of hybrid cybernetic dog soldier, super soldiers hunting people down for sport? No, it wasn't really quite that. It wasn't as ridiculous. 
but this movie's pretty ridiculous in its own way. Yeah, it's pretty terrible, but it's kind of a charming terrible, I'd say, for a werewolf movie that really doesn't have a whole lot of a plot, but it's fun. This is a movie that absolutely should and needs to be riffed by like MST3K or Rift Tracks or something like that. The Mads. Ma- the I don't Mads know if they movie. couldn't get the right I don't know paper. if this is public domain it's, though. No, it's definitely but, not. But I don't know, maybe Rift Tracks has done it. I'm not sure. I haven't really looked. As bad as this was, this was actually a planned trilogy. They were actually planning and budgeting out a sequel called Dog Soldiers Fresh Meat. You wonderful title. And it just never happened. Went to development hell. And I guess in a Blu-ray re-release of Dog Soldiers. That almost didn't happen because they couldn't find copies of the actual film. Yeah, that's right. And Neil Marshall said in the commentary that sequels are basically not going to happen. I guess they lost the rights to them or something. Yeah, he doesn't own the rights. And he basically said you're going to probably be more likely to have a remake before you'll have a sequel. We don't need a remake. No, I'm good without a remake. This one's like delightfully campy. Like it's one of those, it's bad, but it's delightfully campy at the same time in many ways. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's not self-aware that it's bad, which kind of gives it kind of the charm. Yeah, those are very riffable because yeah. they're like, it's harder to riff something. That's self-referential. Even though Riff Tracks did a great job with a couple of the Sharknados, I think my favorite riffs are movies that weren't intended to be bad. They just ended up bad. But I say with that, let's go ahead because there's so many like little things I want to get into and yeah. they're not full on spoilers, but let's just go ahead and we'll determine this is the spoiler section. I mean, at this point, the movie came out in 2002. If you haven't seen it by now... Yeah. Find it online somewhere. And really, we're not spoiling a whole lot for you. Though yeah. There isn't a lot of plot to this monstrosity. There's a plot. There's werewolves trying to eat soldiers. The end. Like I said, there's not much of a plot. <laughs> All right, so spoiler alert. So I'm just going to start this out with talking about Liam Cunningham's character, which is Captain Richard Ryan. So they just kind of refer to him as Ryan throughout this. We're going to refer to him as Davos because that's who he played in Game of Thrones. But at the very beginning, we see him chasing down this guy, Cooper. And Cooper is played by Kevin McKidd. And he's the full, I guess, title for him is Private Lawrence Cooper. But we all know him as Father Deegan. Yes. Yeah, so we're probably going to refer to him as Father Deegan, which if you haven't seen Father Ted after we've talked about it several times, please go watch it. It's amazing. It's one of the greatest shows of all time. He plays in Father Ted. He plays Father Deegan in the episode of Christmassy Ted, which was their Christmas special. And his bit involves a bunch of priests getting lost in a lingerie section of a department store in Ireland. It's the largest lingerie section in Ireland, I understand. And they were in the largest forest in Scotland, apparently, because... Exactly. In this, the Scottish Highlands, apparently, at one point, Megan references that there's, like, nothing for, like, however many, like, hours. Apparently, there's nowhere in Scotland that'd be even possible. Yep, exactly. And this whole movie, they, they get lost in this lingerie section in Father Ted, and they make it out like it's some sort of military operation to get out. Which made this movie a thousand times funnier. Oh, my God. In fact, watch A Christmas Sea Ted first and then watch this and tell me it doesn't enhance it. That episode might be on YouTube. If it is, I'll, it link, is. It. I'll link it in the show notes. It absolutely is. I think most of the Father Ted episodes are on YouTube. But yeah, there's a moment in the Father Ted episode where Ted is talking to all these, all the priests trying to you know up their morale and everything. 
And he's the one who's freaking out. Like, There's no way out. There's just no way out. They're going to catch us. I only left seminary a couple weeks ago. They're going to have sent me off to some bloody kip. And Instead, they sent him off to be eaten by werewolves. Exactly. Even so. though he's the only one that lives, but you know. Yeah. And then Ted gives him the talk. Like, one day, you and I are going to be in that new parish of yours, sipping iced tea on the lawn. And all this will just be a memory. Can you hold on to that thought? <laughs> it's That's just like, so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Then the one priest snaps a bra on his own eye. And <laughs> the, the, I swear, every episode of Father Ted is just utter brilliance. It's the largest forest in Scotland, I understand. Yeah, because again, <laughs> it's bigger than the actual any actual existing forest in Scotland. <laughs> now, is this supposed to be in Scotland? It is, yes. Okay. They're supposed to be in the, like, the Scottish Highlands. but Good Lord. Well, this, that's ex- Scottish Highlands. That explains the Highlander sword. Yeah, that's right. They did have a sword that looked like the Highlander sword. <laughs> like it's like we said, this movie's utterly ridiculous. Yeah. But starting it out, Davos and <laughs> Father Deegan are... <laughs> Can you imagine Father Ted? Just imagine Davos and Father Deegan mm-hmm. on some sort of like buddy military. cop kind of military operation. Well, Davos is unfortunately a dick, though, because he, I guess, is going to promote Father Deegan to be higher up. And then, but he, his last, like, bit of training, he had to shoot and kill this dog. And I had forgot whether or not that actually happened. I was thinking maybe they were just blanks and he just wanted to know that he would obey him or something like that. But he just refuses to shoot the dog. And then he's like, no, you're not going to be in my special program. And he just shoots the dog anyway. Yeah. And now this is wrong on a million levels. Like, one, don't fucking shoot the dog for no reason. But also, just from a military perspective, those Malinois are trained to the fucking nines. They are basically considered soldiers. This would be like you telling someone to shoot another soldier. And so the idea that he would take this highly trained dog and just shoot it for whatever reason is just utter ridiculousness in so many ways. Yeah, he's a, he's a little unstable, to say the least. Yeah, that's putting it mildly. Cheese fell off his cracker a long time ago. Thank you, George Carlin. <laughs> and then the cow falls from the sky. <laughs> a gutted cow. Yes. So this cow has seen much better days. I mean, and like this movie has a decent amount of gory moments that are just so overtly stupid and cheesy that they're kind of delightful in a way. Yeah, it's very unintentionally funny. Yeah. It's very sci-fi channel with the the kind of effects they have, which I can totally see why it was on sci-fi channel. And again, this is 2002, though, so I feel like that I understand it not having necessarily, like, the top-notch effects. Like, not everyone had Jurassic Park's budget, you know? No, no way. I mean, but it was really, really amusing. I mean, it only had a 2.3 million pound budget, so it wasn't a big budget. No, no. One of the ironies, though, what I was mentioning with Davos shooting the dog, is that when he becomes the werewolf, Father Deegan kills him the same way he killed the dog. Yep. So, it comes full circle. Irony. Irony. My thing with this also was, like, as soon as they hear the wolves howling, there's not been wolves in Scotland or, like, any of the UK for hundreds of years. Like, like the 1800s, right? So, I double-checked. The the official date was 1680 for Scotland. Wow. That said, there were some reports that go as far as 1888, but they've never been proven. So, those are, like, they're sporadic possible reports. But officially, like, the official date is 1680. They became extinct. Wow. It's if been you're a in while. Scotland and you hear wolves howling... My first thought is something has gone horribly wrong. Or it's just someone's dog. Well, but 
even like with the way Zach howl, it howled, it's still different than the way a wolf howls. Would a common person know that, though? I don't know. They're supposed to be like elite military people. I'd like to think they could tell the difference, but... Did you see these guys? These are really a crack squad of soldiers here. Well, they were supposed to be, so... <laughs> Apparently, the director had, a, like, a lot of stuff he wanted to reference throughout this, like, give, like, little homages to stuff, but even he said he probably went a little overboard with it. I don't think he ever intended all the Jurassic Park ones, but I basically decided that these guys were all, like, variations of Robert Muldoon from Jurassic Park, and, like, <laughs> when they realized the werewolves come out, I was like, we're being hunted. Mm-hmm. The very first scene when the, the girl's getting pulled out of the tent by the werewolf shoot her. exactly it's like the raptor pulling on the the handler there were a lot of parallels and and there was a normal dog who was what a little um the border collie yeah it was a little border collie and that dog ended up being the real hero for me yep that was sam which yep. things turned out better for sam and that than it did for sam and i am legend that's for sure. Turned out better for Sam than pretty much everybody but Father Deegan. Pretty much. Pretty much that was the two that lived throughout this whole thing. And at the end, like, everything's destroyed, house burned out, everyone else is dead. And I'm just wondering, well, is Father Deegan going to get his parish? This is his parish. Man. Just the, the blown up house, that's what they've decided to give him. Well, they just need Ted to show up and they can sip some iced tea on the lawn. But there's so many, like, little funny things throughout this. And part of it's because... Some of this stuff was stuff that became funny because of things that happened later on. Like, for example, when the one guy that apparently was named, like, Corporal Bruce Campbell, I think. <laughs> that was, and that was definitely, that was on purpose. Like, apparently they were big fan, the director's a big fan of Evil Dead, so. Who isn't a big fan of Bruce Campbell? Yeah, I mean, so. My mom thinks Bruce Campbell's awesome. If you don't think Bruce Campbell's awesome, well, I don't know what to tell you. My mom was a big fan of Burn Notice. Oh, yeah. Burn Notice was a great show. I never watched it. Oh my god, he was so ridiculous. He's always ridiculous. Yes, yeah, so he's always ridiculous in everything. But Thomas Lockyer is the guy that plays Corporal Bruce Campbell, and he runs. He's running from one of the werewolves and ends up running like right through a tree. Mm -hmm. Which someone pointed out that also that's how one of the kids dies in Tucker and Dale versus Evil, mm -hmm. and they were wondering, and people wonder if that's supposed to be kind of like a little homage to that. Yeah, that's a good call. Out. Or, you know, we could always just reference Olaf. Oh look, oh, look. I've been impaled. Oh look, I've been impaled. That, that was, was the I, first thing I said when, when that happened. Oh, look, I've been impaled. Yep. But that's the thing is that that happened later, so I can't really go to this movie and be like, why would you do that, you know? That would be a really, really far-reaching homage if that was this movie was an inspiration for a scene in Frozen. <laughs> That'd be yeah. great, but... Hey, you never know. Maybe someone did that and they were like, this would be funny. Mm -hmm. No one's going to get it, but it'll be funny. That and like when the one guy's guts like are falling out and he's like trying to push him back in. He's oh like, he's God. like, we'll just push him back in. He's like, they're not going to fit. <laughs> like, like, sure they will. And then apparently that scene with the dog get eating. Get the hot glue. <laughs> yeah. Well, they get, the funny part is if you look at the glue they get, it's like the, what's it, Loculite glue or something like that. Those are, it's the one that has like the side squeeze thing. So you squeeze those to make the glue come out. They were squeezing it from the wrong side. So I was like, the, the glue wouldn't have even been coming out. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't use Elmer's. They should have. They should have. Like a little glue stick or something. Yeah. One of the best parts about this for me was just like the over the top dialogue. It's very quotable in the worst way possible, which oh, makes it sure. kind of fun. Like, one of the best lines is, I forget who said it, but they say something to the effect of, we're now up against live. Was, was it Father Deegan who said this? No. No, I didn't think this so. This is, so, 
The guy who says the line you're about to say is Sean Pertwee, who plays, Sar- they just call him Sergeant Wells throughout it, but his full name was supposed to be listed as Sergeant Harry G. Wells because, <laughs> well, because apparently Neil Marshall was a huge fan of H.G. Wells, and so he wanted, he did that because of, he was making a reference to H.G. Wells. That's cool. But he's actually also Pilot Smith from Event Horizon. Nice. So, but yeah, so his, he has a great, like, little mini speech he actually has yeah. two that are really good. We're now up against live hostile targets, so if Little Red Riding Hood should show up with a bazooka and a bad attitude, I expect you to chin the bitch. Just stupid bullshit like that and of course makes this memorable. And it's funny because then you're like, ah, we know it's werewolves, Little Red Riding Hood, mm-hmm. I see what you did there. It's clever, and it's silly, and it's over the top, but I don't think it's meant to be silly and over the top, which just, like I said earlier, brings the charm factor up a, a higher, much higher level. Oh, for sure. And of his character's semi-speeches, do you remember when he's telling that they're all sitting around the fire telling stories, and he tells them the story of this guy, Eddie Oswald, that the, him blowing up and them having to scoop all the parts up of him? Mm-hmm. Apparently that was supposed to be homage to Quint's tale of the USS Indianapolis and Jaws. But yeah, that, and then also the, the oxygen tank thing, though, they do blow up oxygen tanks, so that is still fitting. But there's so many, like, when I say there's, like, so many homages that, like, he went overboard, like, I went and found, like, lists of them. You have so, to be really paying close attention to catch some of them. Yeah, but which there's... Which is, gives us some replay value. For sure. Like, there's things, like, at one point, the guy that they call Spoon, he says, little pigs, little pigs, which is actually a reference to The Shining. And then also when they reference like, you know, that local couple that was that disappeared while camping, that there's might be like a lunatic that's escaped in the woods. That's actually referencing an American werewolf in London. That's a great movie. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is Spoon at one point refers to their no win situation as the Kobayashi Maru, which obviously is, you know. Star Trek, specifically Wrath of Khan. And also, do you remember when they're aiming and he tells them, you remember, remember short control bursts. That's referencing aliens. Yep. And of course, the shaky camera effect when they're all getting like eaten and stuff is Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2. And also there's points where there's soldiers fighting a creature in the woods and many times you see that from the creature's point of view. Predator. Yep. And then also for a Jurassic Park reference though, we have them using the flare as bait and the Jeep rocking back and forth as someone's getting killed, (laughs) aka Newman. Yeah, poor Newman. There's a line where they say, this is no spoon which is actually a quote from The Matrix. But there's some people that claim that wasn't actually supposed to be a quote from The Matrix, but I think it is. I don't remember that line, but it's been a while since I've watched The Matrix. Yeah, same. Also, of things that are just like kind of funny, like referencing that too, at the end where you see all the corpses hanging up in the basement, those are the same corpses that were created and used in Event Horizon. But yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch more of little hidden homages to other things in there, but those are the main ones that I found. There's also a lot of just utter ridiculousness in this and i i would hope it was intentional but if it wasn't man it feels like it was like for instance when they're trying to lock the doors to keep these things out and one of the soldiers just oh oh we got to put the chain the little little chain lock on it mm-hmm. yep that's gonna hold it oh of course but it does it somehow does that dog that werewolf is pushing on the door and that stupid chain didn't break ridiculous and when the guy who had his guts spilled sam the dog decides well you know what that does look like sausage and (laughs) i am going to start tugging on it and it looks like that dog's tugging on like chewing gum or something supposedly they originally were going to make it more obvious that it was intestines but then they decided to make it it's actually supposed to be the bandage that he's chewing on is pulling the bandage not the intestines itself it sure looked like the intestines well they they said that they made it where you could kind of think of it either way as what the intent was. 
Definitely looked like intestines to me. That's that, what that, I thought that too. Was, that was really funny. And moments when they're attacking the werewolves, they make this sound that sounds like the baby T-Rex from Lost World. Oh my gosh. It's not, I sat there and I was like, wait... I don't remember this but from when I watched it as a kid, but oh my god, the, the, these werewolves like at times made actual wolf sounds, and then at times they just took a sound effects board and went nuts, apparently. We should have had the two T-Rexes show up, look around, shrug oh. their little arms, and walk away. <laughs> There's also a moment where they kick a tooth out of the werewolf and it flies into the oh wall. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's just so stupid, but so stupidly wonderful. There's a part where the sergeant's sitting there, they just call him Sarge for most of it, but he's sitting there drinking the whiskey and i'm like that can't be good for you like i don't think you're supposed to be drinking alcohol when you have like an open wound because doesn't it like thin your blood and stuff and make you bleed more but we find out later that this guy is is, infected he's infected he's healing up because this is the guy has guts spilled and everything and all of a sudden he shows like oh look like is this normal i feel great i shouldn't feel great yeah and it's just like got like what looks like a A scar little scratch yeah well the funny thing, though, about that scene, though, with him drinking the whiskey, the actual actor asked if he could have some drinks to make it more realistic. <laughs> so the actual actor was semi-drunk for that scene, apparently. That's fantastic. Yeah. Like, even the thing, jump back to the thing about the door, like him locking the door, I was just like, the door locks, Ellie! The door <laughs> locks! So many Jurassic Park references. Yeah, whether intentional or not, they're there. Yep. And then there was even a reference. Now, I know this was no way, shape, or form meant to be this, partly because I think this came out This came out far later. But at one point where they, when Davos turns into the werewolf and he yells, bad dog, I was like, bad wolf? <laughs> and the wardrobe, Narnia. Yeah, as soon as he's like, we got to get into the wardrobe, I was like, to Narnia! <laughs> Come back with the lion. See how that goes. The lion versus all these werewolves. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But back to the part with back where to he the yells quote unquote ba- story. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. When he says "bad dog," then he also takes a stick and tells him to fetch. To, and oh yeah. Him to I was like, I was like, stick, stupid stick. No <laughs> wonder you're extinct. <laughs> but I want to know, based on another movie we reviewed, since clearly the point of this, I recalled it as a kid. I thought that the army created these, and that they were trying to like test out their like essentially dog soldiers. But apparently, the army had come in to try to catch one so that they could then, I guess, try to, like, train it for their purposes or whatever. But That worked I, out great. Yeah, it worked out terrible, just like it worked out terrible in Triassic Hunt. So I was like, what would be worse, an army of werewolves or an army of dinosaurs? I'd say the dinosaurs were worse, especially because they were, like, Torgo dinosaurs. Torgosaurs. But I'm not saying from the movie itself, like, it's in general, what do you think would be a more efficient army? More think- efficient? Um... I mean, it certainly depends on the species of dinosaur, I think. It also depends on the Like, if it's a bunch of Utah raptors, then I'd say the Utah raptors are much more of a danger than werewolves. Yeah, but the werewolves also, I feel like, are less effective because assuming that they're going under normal werewolf rules, which it seemed like they were in this because the one gets stabbed with the silver and ends up, Mm -hmm. you know, basically dying from that. Or, like, he dies from the shot to the head, but he, like, it, like, burns him or whatever. So, my thought was, I was like, okay, so the werewolves are really easily killed by silver. So that's a problem. All the the enemy would have to do is basically have silver bullets and you're done. But the other thing with werewolves is I was like, could you only use them once a month? Yeah. And that's also with dumb lines. At At night. Yeah. Because during the day, they're just people. That's true, yeah. So, you yeah, like, one day a month you can use them and only at night. So, it's, like, they just, it's very inefficient, I feel like. Yeah, only targeted times. But that also goes to, like, of dumb lines where once we've realized Megan's, like, one of them, and she's just like, you know, it's that time of the month. I was like, I see what you did there, and it's stupid. I don't like it. <laughs> it was sort of clever, but really, really fucking dumb. Yeah. 
There's a lot of dumb in this movie, though. Don't come in here expecting intellectual content. No. The only good news is that at the end, obviously, Sam the dog lives, which that made me happy, but... Uh, then Ryan shows up. Is like, licking your own balls yet? That was... That movie... <laughs> that that quote, I, I thought was funny. That was a good one where he's like, yeah, did you look, try licking your own balls yet? I forgot. You don't fucking have any. And then Sam saves the day, though, and jumps on his back and helps yep. him, and then... Again, gets the knife com- from the beginning. Yep, comes full circle, got the knife from the beginning. But I think the most important takeaway from this, because the whole idea is that the sergeant is like, you know, of course, turning into a werewolf, so he sacrifices himself and, you know, blows everyone else to hell. But when he does that, he hands him, like, because they'd been taking photos with this camera, because I guess the flash was, like, blinding them or something, and was, like, stopping them, I guess, because, you know, light, I don't know if that how that affected them but but he hands him like the the film which i'm like oh gosh future generations have no idea of what he just handed him he's like you just gotta upload it to the cloud <laughs> but he hands him the little film canister so that he can show the world and tell what happened tell the world my story <laughs> but at earlier in this movie one of the guys was like wanting so bad to find out the score of the england versus germany game and we find out at the end there's what is called the Express Mail newspaper, which I don't think is a real paper from what I've gathered, but I wonder if it's supposed to be like a riff on the Daily Mail and the Daily Express, because they're both tabloid papers in the Mm -hmm. UK. We find out in that, you see like the big headline is that it was England 5, Germany 1, and... Now we know this isn't reality. Oddly enough, it is, because people have figured out this movie likely took place between... September 1st and September 2nd of 2001 because there was an England versus Germany match that was 5-1 on the night of the 1st. Wow. And that night was also a full moon. That makes sense. I forgot about that. Yes. I should be very upset at myself. No, I don't expect you to remember the score of every fucking game, babe. I should. And then they show, like, the football score is a big thing, and then the little story is... My squad got eaten by werewolves. Yep, so goes to prove that football is bigger than everything, including mm-hmm. werewolves. Yep. Apparently, news of real werewolves was not as important as the England versus Germany game, which, being in the UK, I think that's perfectly reasonable. Yep, I agree. Europe in general, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Also, something that I don't know if ever was really, like, proven, but one thing to note is that at the beginning, or towards the beginning, Megan says how the werewolves are, in human form, really kind people, but if you notice, they have that stew that they described as tasting like pork, Apparently, people that are actually cannibals have described human meat tastes like pork a bit. And you notice there was all the the corpses in the basement. So it's like, they probably had human stew. Yeah, I think they did. I was like, that because it's probably, they were probably eating that throughout the year. You know, not just on this one night. Mm -hmm. Because she also probably wasn't part of the werewolf family to begin with. At least not like originally, because she states, you know, and again, this could be a lie because obviously a lot of it was a lie, but she can't, says that she came here to be one with nature. She was probably like, you know, became friends with this family and either accidentally or on purpose got turned into a werewolf. And she, because she talks about them hoping they were coming to rescue her, come to save her. She mentioned that several times. And she seemed to be like ashamed that she was a werewolf. And she said she had hoped the soldiers would be her way out of there because there's a belief that within like werewolf lore that if you kill the original werewolf, it cures anyone that was bitten by them or was you know changed by them. So because she had previously worked with Captain Ryan, I think her idea was that this group had come to save her essentially. But no, they just wanted to catch one of them apparently. Yep. Unfortunately for her, she yep. don't make it. 
Nope, but she also... There was a moment with her, though, when she cuts her hand on a shard of glass that was meant to be the setup for the second film. Yeah. About werewolf DNA, which would have completed the trilogy. But, yep, that ain't happening. Nah. Probably for the best. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that seem to really love this movie, but I kind of feel like... I wonder, are these people, do they love this movie thinking it's a good movie, or do they love it in, like, a this was a ridiculous fun movie, you know? I'm definitely part of the latter. I would hope there aren't a whole lot of the former. But I see it all the time in various like horror groups I'm in on Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it was a fun movie, but like I can't not t- possibly take this seriously. Like if they think this is some werewolf version of Evil Dead, they are way off the beaten track. They are way off. Yeah. I think it's one of those movies that just kind of exists. Yeah. That's a good way of describing it. Kicked off a director who's gotten a lot of notoriety. Had some good actors. I mean... Had Father Deegan. It did have Father Deegan. And Davos. Deegan and Davos. could have Davos and Deegan. Deegan and Davos. Should have been the sequel. That would have been hilarious. Alas. Well, you want to rate this son bitch? Yeah, I think so. Overall, what are you going to give it? So this is tough. Because in the context of it being... like, If I'm looking to legitimately rate this as like a piece of film history or whatever you know if i'm I'm looking to really be serious man i'd have to destroy this thing but let's just go with context it for me i took it as a fun movie i don't think it was overtly serious i mean i i don't think they meant this to be as silly as it was but it ended up being as silly as it was i i guess i'm gonna give this probably a two that's what I was going to do as well. Just cause. It's fun. It's silly. It's not very good as a movie on its own. It's pretty funny unintentionally. I had a really good time at the wackiness of this movie. And making Father Ted jokes the entire exactly. time. Exactly. I made Father Ted jokes the whole fucking time. But yeah, I'll give overall as a film, I'll give this a two. Now for scary factor, I'm going to still give it a two just for the fact that it scared me so bad as a kid. I was expecting to give it higher. Now, as an adult, it's still... It's not scary to me at all, honestly, but like as a kid, since it scared me, like had I watched this, never watched this up until now, I probably would have given it a one. But being that it scared me so bad as a kid, I'm going to give it a two. Which is my rating a one because it's, this is not scary at all for me. It was just overly cheesy, silly wackiness. Not scary. Yeah. Music and sound. What are you thinking? You know, the soundtrack really wasn't really, there wasn't really much of a soundtrack. What was there wasn't really memorable. Sound effects are fine. Nothing wrong with it. But it's nothing nothing great that really sticks out to me. Probably two for me for that. Yeah, I was going to go with the same. There's not much sticks out. I mean, nothing was bad, though. Like, at the end, the end credit music was kind of fun, but and everything worked with the sound design, but nothing memorable, nothing that really deserves any high praise or anything like that. But also not like, like if I was doing a negative rating, it wouldn't get a negative or anything. It wasn't. Well, it's just middle of the road, you know, yeah. just there. What do you think for effects? I'm going to actually give it a three for effects because all the effects actually were decent considering the time. And I do like that. I probably forgot to mention this in our review of it, but the director, rather than having stunt people be the werewolves, he had people that were professional dancers because he wanted them to be able to move more like eloquently. They're very nimble and yeah, very and light fe- on their feet. Yeah. And that's how he felt that actual werewolves would be was they would be not like this like bulky like it's not a plotting frankenstein monster it's no, exactly. something that has agility exactly and so they sh- and so i'll give them some credit for that i think that was a good idea so 
for that, I'm going to give it a three. For effects, I'll give it a three as well. I think the effects were above average. I think that was a big part of it. A lot of practical effects. The blood and stuff was pretty cheesy, but I enjoyed that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, a three is very fair. It's solid. And then for gore, I'm going to give it a three because it's pretty decently gory, but not to the point I couldn't handle it. It, like, hovers between that and a four, but I think we still do the three for it. I would say people who can't really take a lot of gore are probably going to be grossed out by this. Yeah, I mean, there's guts sitting out. There's guts everywhere. Sausages! Everywhere. The cow stepping in slimy goo, guts and stuff. It's pretty prevalent. I'm probably going to give it a four for for blood and gore, because there's a lot of it. Yeah. It's pr- and, it's, think, and it's pretty constant and pretty I actually, consistent. I'm going to change that to a four as well, I think, the more I think. Because I was hovering between that and a four, and I was like, no, you know what? It really is a lot. In comparative to a lot of other movies of this nature, even the typical slasher movie, it goes a little beyond. So it's cheesy gore, but it's gore. Yeah. And it's squishy and slimy and gross. and Yeah, I'd say it's a four. And one thing I'll say about our overall ratings, don't think we're bashing this movie and knocking it by giving it like an overall of a two or something like that. I just think that this film is cheesy as shit. Not intended to be cheesy, but I had a great time and it's delightful as fuck. It's just not a great movie. Yeah, that's kind of my view of it. And again, I have some fun memories attached to it since I thought I was going to die in the woods, you know? Yeah, but I would recommend it. Oh, for sure. I'd recommend watching it. Yeah. But again, watch Father Ted first, then watch this and really fucking enjoy yourself and don't be like me and go camping shortly after during major thunderstorms. Exactly. Watch A Christmassy Ted. It's on YouTube. We'll put the link in the show notes. there's, There's a lot of ways to watch Father Ted. I think it's on some free streaming services too. It's everywhere. Check it out. One of the greatest shows of all time. And... After watching that Father Ted episode, specifically that scenario in the lingerie, the, in the largest lingerie section in Ireland, I understand. If you watch that, you will not be able to watch this movie in the exact same way. Because yeah. you will think, there's so many parallels, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I, I somehow hope that that casting was somehow connected. I severely doubt it, but I'm going to say that in my own head canon that it was. And the entire time he was thinking of that department store. That would have been the best. Because the priesthood didn't work out and he went to the military. Mm-hmm. That didn't work out either, though. <laughs> no, it didn't. None of it works out. This guy's life is a fucking disaster. Oy vey. Well, with that, I think uh, we're going to wrap this up here. Is there anything else you want to add before we sign off? Irish biscuits. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our amateur rambling. Until next time, this has been We All Pod down here. I'm Brittany. And I'm Dan. Bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Our logo was designed by Emmanuel Arroyo. Our website is weallpoddownhere.com. Email us at weallpoddownhere at gmail.com. And you can follow our shenanigans at weallpod on Twitter. And at weallpoddownhere on Instagram and Facebook. And feel free to suggest a movie you want us to review. Or if you just want to suggest something that makes me really uncomfortable. Be afraid. Be very afraid.